What's going on, podcast listeners? Neil here for another episode. I want to talk today about my favorite topic personally, which is marketing. I love local business marketing just for the hack of it all. I really like stuff, honestly, which is kind of abnormal. Guerrilla marketing, things which are a little bit different from the normal digital marketing, LSA, Google Ads type stuff. But I want to be honest, uh, one thing I've realized I messed up on a lot over the last couple of years is being really, really lazy with marketing. Now, what that means is I just relied on paid ads online for my marketing. And I validated this to myself by saying, oh, like paid ads online, it's scalable. If I just put money behind this, I could grow versus if I do like postcards and knock on doors and stuff, that's not scalable. My time is worth more. I shouldn't be focused on that. I realized recently that that was an excuse uh, I was giving to myself to not actually put in the work. Now, here's the reality. I believe now digital marketing in general, this is what I call lazy marketing when it comes to local services. Now, that's not the worst, right? Lazy marketing can be good. It could be scalable. It could make you grow. You could you could do it while typing on a laptop in the middle of Tahiti. But the reality is there's things which you can do in your business now, which can have rippling effects, which is not about digital marketing. Now, this sounds, again, counterintuitive. My entire business is built on digital marketing. I'm telling you here, don't focus on digital, which is kind of crazy. But here's the reality. I think more people need to focus on things which are not scalable. Let me say this again. I think you should focus on things which are not scalable with your local service business. Now, here's why. If you are running online ads and digital ads, and again, this is again, things I've been doing for the last few years and convincing myself this is the way to be done. I'm now convinced of something else. If you're running online ads, you're competing against a lot of other people running online ads, right? And this was kind of the premise of local services is back in the day, people were only doing postcards and mailers and ballot packs. And if you just do digital marketing, you could beat the competition. Now everyone's doing digital marketing. So when you listen to ad online, there's a bunch of other local service businesses also listing that same ad online. It's becoming more competitive. And if you're already running your own business, you've probably already seen this. The costs per click for your online ad are going up. It's just becoming more competitive. So now what do you do? A lot of people who don't have the capability of doing something else um, or are trying to go out a lazy way will say, well, I'll just spend more. I'll do different things online. I'll try Thumbtack. I'll try Bark. I'll try Angie's List. I'll do all these different things. What if there was another way where you don't have to compete against anyone, right? Zero competition. Wouldn't you want to do that? Now, here's the thing. Here's the reason why people don't do that because it's hard. This is offline type stuff, but this is what I truly believe is going to scale going forward. Now, here's the fallacy I think a lot of people have when it comes to local services. They, they believe they need to do marketing with scales. Let's run through the math on this and see if this is actually true. So um, let's say for your home service business, your normal job is a $200 job. And maybe the person does, like in our case, cleans the home. It could be a mobile car washing, back rooming, whatever, twice a month. I'm throwing out numbers. So let's say each home will get you $400 on average, right? Two cleanings, turnovers, whatever service you're offering per month. Um, each one is $200, makes $400. Now, back math it for whatever your business is. You're getting $400 per customer per month. Let's say you want to make a six-figure business. You're starting from scratch. You're like, I just, I want to make it to $100,000. I want a $100,000 business. Let's run through the math on that. $100,000 times 
is $8,300 per month. Divided by $400 per property, that means you need 20 recurring customers per month. Do you really need to build a scaling machine to hit 20 customers per month? No, you don't. My building where I live in Los Angeles has 150 people who live in that building, and these are all of my ideal customers. I need 20 of them in one building to make $100,000 in my business on a recurring basis. Now, the numbers again, fungible, like you might say, hey, for my service, it's really just once a month. Fine, whatever. You, you could back math and calculate it. My point being is you really don't need that much to be able to scale your business. And a lot of this stuff doesn't have to be repeatable, scalable. Just do stuff again that doesn't scale where there's zero competition. That's what I'm on right now. Another um, fallacy I think people get to is they want to throw money at the problem, right? They don't want to face their real problem in their business and why it's not working. So they think, oh, well, like I just need the new magic marketing avenue. I need to find more leads. I need to just do more and more and more. And that's going to make my business grow. They just don't want to face the real problem, which, which is maybe your business is broken and maybe you have to fix it first. Now, if you're one of those people and you might think, oh, you know what? I'm trying to band-aid my business by throwing money at it. Or I'm planning to just go through and try 10 different digital marketing avenues. Why should I not do it? Here's a couple of things I believe you should do first to fix your business before you start throwing money at the problem. Number one, analyze your close rate. Is your phone close rate high or low? What is high? What is low? It depends on the business model you're in. Typically for us, I consider anything above 50% pretty good. Meaning if two people call, you're closing at least one of them. Um, next is, are you keeping your clients on a recurring basis? What is your churn rate? So when someone signs up for a recurring package, are they actually sticking with it? For those sales that you closed, how many people are on a recurring package? Is this where you want it to be? Those are the only two things that you need to fix before scaling things up, in my opinion. Again, summarizing it, people try to throw money to solve the problem as a band-aid. The real thing is they don't want to look in the mirror and realize what's wrong with their business. Just focus on those two questions and you'll be able to solve what's wrong in your business. So I'm going to talk about what I'm focusing on now, what I'm having my franchisees focus on right now. Because the reality is uh, it's not just digital anymore. There's so many different avenues. And I'm personally doing this in Los Angeles for my operations and all my franchisees are doing this as well. There's three tactics I'm going to go over of stuff that doesn't scale, but can still get you to a million dollars. Cool. Number one, apartment complex infiltration. What I mean by that is uh, going and building a relationship with a property manager of an apartment complex. Now, I don't mean like a building where there's like four apartments and there's like a property manager who manages a bunch of different properties. I mean like not a sky rise, but like a building where there's 50 to 100 units at least. These people typically have an on-site property manager. Now, here's the thing. No one is happy with their cleaner at these places. Most of these apartment buildings have someone to clean the common areas. If, if the building is owned by that one real estate company, they're probably managing the move-in, move-outs. Or if it's individually owned by homeowners, then they're still a manager and the, you know all the individual owners pay into HOA and the manager, manager could refer people. So there's two avenues of going after apartment complexes. Number one is you're trying to build a contract with the actual manager. This is to clean the common areas, or if the manager actually owns the building, they'll hire you for move-in, move-outs. So you're going to go in and talk to a leasing office, say, hey, how do I get on your vendor list? Talk to them about it. When you actually build a relationship with the on-site property manager, and again, building relation means dropping off collateral, dropping off cookies, meeting them in person, checking in with them. 
These things take time. You might think, Neil, it just doesn't scale. Let me just buy ads. Again, that's the lazy way of doing it. I'm teaching you what is the way where you have zero competition. Once you build a relationship with the property manager, now you could start to say, how can I market to your guests? Can I host an event here? Can I put a yard sign right in front? Can I leave postcards here? Can I leave you my contact information so if anyone asks you for referrals, you can give them my card? These things take time. You're not going to get business immediately from day one, but think about it this way. My building, as an example, has 150 units in it. All of my ideal clients who are in the exact type of um, income threshold and the exact demographic I want. If I go and build relationships with 10 property managers and make sure I nurture those relationships, when people start calling me from these managers, these are completely free leads. Not only in that, my service technicians are going to go in and they're going to be going to the same units over and over and over. Uh, on top of that, word starts to get around in the same building. Hey, who do you use? Who do you use? And now you could start to infiltrate that apartment building. And you can start to get a lot of business from just one apartment complex. And again, remember, to make a six-figure business we talked about, I just need around 20 recurring clients. That's it. But I'm going to hit 10 of these apartment complexes, keep a relationship with the manager, and go that way. So that's what I call apartment building or apartment complex infiltration. The next tactic, which doesn't scale, is neighborhood blitzing. Now, imagine this. You infiltrate an apartment complex, and they're in a neighborhood... And in that neighborhood, there's a lot of other homes, apartment complexes, things like this. What if, in addition to building a relationship with the manager, you flyer everyone in that building? Not only the building, you flyer everyone in the neighborhood with a postcard. Top of that, you hit them with maybe door hangers. Maybe you have yard signs that you put in strategic areas. Now, imagine the tenant. They're walking into the building. They open their mailbox. They see a postcard by your business. Next, um, they're going to see a yard sign in front by your business. Maybe they get a door hanger by your business. Now, the property manager is saying, hey, do you need someone? Yeah, why don't you contact this company? Now, they're going to see your company four or five times. Whenever they need a service done for whatever you're offering, you're going to be able to off- they're going to call you directly. You're competing against no one because they've heard your name so many times that they're going to contact you. You're around the building. Um, That is called neighborhood blitzing. You really hyper-target one neighborhood where your ideal customer is and just be everywhere in that neighborhood. That also means like sponsoring events, you know, going to buildings saying, can I host something for your tenants? You'd be surprised how many buildings would love it. And it's really as simple as like spending some money on crumble cookies and some refreshments and getting postcards and going over there, right? It's not that much. Um, some of our franchisees have done that as well. So it's definitely doable. Uh, again, that's neighborhood blitzing with actual postcards and mailers, valbacks, things, whatever you can. The last third thing, which doesn't scale, which I like, is networking groups. Now, if you are in your local market, joining networking groups, um, and there's a lot of different types of networking groups, can yield really, really good results. For example, I'm in a networking group in Los Angeles for entrepreneurs. This is not people who all have cleaning companies. These are entrepreneurs who have a variety of different businesses. Guess what? All these guys are my target customers. Now, I didn't join because I just wanted to market to them. I joined because I actually like the group, as I think you should too. But if you're the only person in any group that runs your type of service, you are the go-to person for this. So for example, the networking group, someone said, hey, does anyone have a contact for a maid? And someone tagged me because they knew that I'm the cleaning guy. Based off of that, we got two new customers, one's bi-weekly, one's monthly. Straight from that, that's it. Just because they know me as the guy. Again, 
doesn't scale because you're the centerpiece, but does everything need to scale? Maybe not. Maybe just deliver really good service, get recurring clients, get referrals from there, get really good reviews, and that's okay. So networking groups, you could join BNI. In every city, there's a BNI group, which is like a business networking group. You could join your local chamber of commerce. You could go to the meetup groups in your city and join a lot of different entrepreneur groups. Whatever your interest is, is fine. As long as you're the only one who offering the service for the most part in that group, you're going to be the go-to guy and try to make sure that those types of people are your target clients as well. So again, uh, summarize three tactics, apartment complex infiltration, neighborhood blitzing, and networking groups. I think these are all fantastic marketing avenues, which don't scale. And I just want to leave you with that note of maybe you should start doing things that don't scale, right? We don't always need to do digital. We don't always need to take the easy way. Certain things are a little bit more rewarding too and can actually provide a lot more business from you when you're not competing against anyone. So thanks so much for listening to this episode. I'll catch you next week. Thanks again for listening, guys. There are two ways I could help you out. Number one is with Made This Franchise. If you want to get into business but don't want to go at it alone, we have you covered with everything from A to Z. Check out madethisfranchise.com to start your own remote local business. The next is with the Remote Local Blueprint, which is a course I launched to teach you the foundations of starting your own remote local business in any niche. It's do-it-yourself at your own pace, and you can check that out at blueprint.beremotelocal.com.